All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It might be time for that. The Lions just had one of their biggest wins in years against the Green Bay Packers inside the NFC North. So it may be time for Dan Campbell and the Lions to get flexed, baby. Get flexed. We're halfway through our show. I don't really know what we've talked about to this point. Oh, Monday Night Football. Jim Ursay firing Frank Reich and hiring Jeff Saturday, who was a Pro Bowl center, but to this point has zero coaching experience. We've also talked about the midway point, and I've given you a few of my favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things uh, about the NFL season. So we've got a spot on Twitter. It's on our show Twitter after our CBS or my Twitter, A Law Radio. Love to hear from you. We've already got dozens weighing in on Facebook, of course. (laughs) I don't know when Facebook, our Facebook page is not active, but it seems to go, 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 go 24 hours a day. So a lot of you are weighing in already on Facebook as well, after hours with Amy Lawrence. And our phone number, 855-212-4227. That's 855-212-4CBS. We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios Do you need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. I've given you a few of my favorite things. Fill in the blank. After the first half of the season, at the midway point of the NFL season, the best part of the year so far is what? At the halfway mark. Can you believe that? We're at the halfway mark. As we head into election day. Oh, that's so convenient. I like it. Also, I just realized something, Jay. Apparently, this laptop is not plugged in. What are the chances that it runs out of juice while we're on the air? So, uh, I don't know how you use your laptop. I sometimes have mine plugged in, but for the most part, I only plug it in when it needs juice. Otherwise, I move around with it. I sit in my living room with it, but it's a, it's a relatively new one. I just bought it in December. And so it holds a charge pretty well. It's like a brand new cell phone holds a charge a lot better. This one is down to half juice. These are not new laptops. No, They're working fine. I'm very thankful for them. It's so much easier than the desktops from 1992 that we've been using for years. Um, And you found me a mouse. Thank you so much. These are the kind of mice that I like. Uh, The mouse makes it a lot easier to navigate. So far, so good. No problems. But it's not plugged in, right? Because if you can see the bar at the bottom and it doesn't have the little like cross sign or the little zigzag lightning bolt that indicates that it's plugged in. Nope. What are the chances? Did they give us a a power cord? I do not see a charger anywhere. Um, I guess I could scope out the area a little more but yeah that one appears to be plugged in because the light is on you know how when the light is on next to the next to the power cord yeah that usually indicates that it's on not over here so yeah well as long as it doesn't run out while i'm on the air we'll we'll, we'll (laughs) steal that cord if we have to and uh, 
make it over there. But <laughs> okay. I, I would say the odds are pretty high that it's going to run out of battery. Okay, maybe not while we're on the air, though. Yeah, it might. But <laughs> don't we'll, we'll say that. Why can't we be optimistic for once? Well, because we well. know. We know how things generally work here. To be optimistic about the equipment around here is to take your life into your own hands. That's absolutely right. (laughs) It's After Hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, we haven't done our TD of the week yet, but Producer Jay, if you could let me know when you have the late game touchdown. So we're talking mere seconds to go for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Los Angeles Rams. Got a chance to hear Tom Brady talk about it on his Let's Go podcast Monday. A lot of times we wait until Tuesday to hear from Tom Brady, even though the podcast is available. I don't know why. Sometimes we're just crammed in. We're kind of busy on Mondays. But I could not wait to hear what he had to say about this moment, this ending, this big, humongous win over the Super Bowl champions. First and goal, Brady in the shotgun, Otten Sliff to the right side. Evans wide to the left, here's the snap. In play action fake, pass to the right side, caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay! Buccaneers take the lead with nine seconds, Kate Otten. Fire the cannons! Fire the cannons! Fire them again! <laughs> Taking the run we've seen so many times down here on the goal line to Fournette. He sticks it out there, Brady rolls to his right. Kate Otten blocks down and then comes out flat. Tom Brady gets it to him, and he's able to lean up and get in the end zone. Much needed, and uh, it was a great team win, and our defense came up huge at the end. We had some chances there in the fourth quarter to take the lead and came up a little short, and the defense held. gave us one more shot, and Cade and Scotty made a bunch of big plays down the field, and we ended up kind of figuring out a way. Not that I want it to be that close and the margin of error as close mm-hmm. as that, but we realized we got to do a lot of things a little bit better and um, but it's good to win after what we've gone through, you know, losing five or six. Good to win and happy to celebrate on a Monday and get ready for a tough game coming up next Sunday in Munich. The 55th game winning drive of Tom Brady's career against the Super Bowl champions, a rematch of their divisional playoff game going back to last January. The touchdown with nine seconds caught by the rookie tight end. Cade Otten, his first NFL touchdown. There's so many magical elements to this. And the celebration, the joy, the hugs on the sidelines, they painted a picture. That relief with nine seconds to go. Finally, we got to win. Brady with his longtime friend and Emmy winning host, Jim Gray on the Let's Go podcast on Sirius XM NFL radio. And Jim asked him about doubt and discouragement and about a lack of confidence or those those seeds of wondering if things will ever get better when they're as bad as they were with the Bucks losing five of their last six. Definitely doubt does start to creep in. And because you're trying something, you're putting all your time and effort and all your energy and all your prep, and it's not going well. And then the next week, the same thing, and there's more prep and more time and more energy, and it doesn't go well. And then more time and more and it <laughs> doesn't go well. Then you're thinking, what do we got to do? What do we got to do? It's never been like this before. And then you do look at your schedule, and you're like, God, where, where do we get one? And the reality is, is it's there, and they're there for the taking. You just got to go play well. And you got to eliminate the things that aren't allowing you to play well. 
and we got to keep working. It all starts in practice for me. I mean, I think the process of improvement is absolutely the way to go in sports and in business and in life. And you've got to wake up every day trying to figure out how you need to commit time and energy to the things that you need to fix. And um, that's where it all starts for me. And that's where you can gain a lot of confidence. One of my favorite parts of this podcast, and I listened to it at halftime of Monday Night Football, Jim asked him about the drops because there were seven at last count by his receivers. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Scotty Miller. And then, of course, Scotty came back along with Kate Otten and had huge catches on that game-winning drive. Tom said... And maybe we'll have this for you tomorrow. Oh, actually, I won't be here tomorrow night. But maybe we'll have it for you later in the week. Because it was actually really cool. I, I appreciated this answer from Brady. He said, I don't get mad about drops. Because I throw bad passes. He said, it's not the execution. The physical execution. That bothers me. When, it, when, when we don't do it the right way. Because I threw a bad pass. Or because a guy made a mistake like that. He said, what bothers me is when we don't run the play the right way, when guys are out of position, when our communication is off. He said, everybody will make mistakes, physical mistakes. But he said, the mental mistakes are the ones that bother me. This is not what we practice. This is not where we're supposed to be. You think you're going one way. I think you're going another way. He said, those are, and I could see that about Brady because he's really cerebral. Those are the mistakes that make me angry. It's not, oh, a guy had a drop because I know he's going to catch it the next time. Just like most of my passes are not going to be off the mark. I thought that was really revelatory because that's the case. You can fix the physical mistakes. These guys are the best players in the world. They're not going to drop the majority of their passes. And Tom Brady is going to complete the majority of his. It's actually hysterical. The number of people who are pointing to Tom Brady's demise as the reason why the Bucks are below 500. If you're paying attention, there's nothing wrong with Tom Brady. He's the same quarterback he's always been. He's got cinder blocks for feet. You don't expect him to run. But one of the things that was pointed out to me by a former QB who played at the highest level, played in the NFL, is that he's having to get rid of the ball in two seconds because his offensive line is giving him no time. And we know the O-line has gone through various looks and various combinations. That's why they're not running the ball right now because the offensive line is not playing well and because the offensive line is not cohesive. And when matched up with really physical and talented defensive lines, and defensive fronts, they're getting eaten, eaten alive. And so this quarterback pointed out to me that, yes, Tom Brady's made a living getting rid of the ball quickly, but that this year, sometimes he doesn't even have an opportunity to go through any of his progressions, much less get to the top option, because he doesn't have time to hold on to the ball longer than two seconds. And so I thought that was really interesting We know that the offensive line very often gets overlooked unless a quarterback gets sacked or a quarterback fumbles the ball. But in this case, and actually around the NFL, there are a bunch of O-lines that are playing far below 
their expectations or far below what is required. And when you have a quarterback like Tom Brady, who's not mobile, that's not his game. It never has been though. I, if I'm not mistaken, he does have over a thousand yards rushing in his career. (laughs) It's funny. He's doing what he can to protect himself and to protect his offensive line by getting rid of the ball even more quickly than what is the norm for him. Brady's fine. There's nothing wrong with Tom Brady. He doesn't need to retire. In fact, now that his personal life has changed, I wouldn't be surprised if the man just continues to play. I wonder if he'll leave Tampa. I don't know. What do you think about that, Jay? I don't know. Could you imagine seeing him in another uniform? Like the Dolphins, which was a big story oh, there for yeah. a while going into right, camp. Um, right. Really, the only other team I could see him playing for would be the 49ers because that's just where he's from and he was a Niners fan. But I don't think they really need him. You know, they're probably going to go with Trey Lance again next year when he's healthy. So interesting. But that's really the only team I could, I, at least just visually, I could see him playing for. You know, we never know. But just in my head, I could see him playing for the Niners. That's about it. He, he loves Tampa. I mean, he speaks very highly of Tampa. It's not as though they're going to move on from him. <laughs> It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. So one more from Tom Brady about the Buck situation, those game-winning drives. Yeah, he's he's not angry at guys who make mistakes because there's going to be another opportunity. Unless, of course, they're mental. That's what drives him crazy. And he obviously wishes that they weren't in these situations so often. You don't want to be in that situation all the time. You know, you want to play better. And, and And I think the thing is, yeah, do we have confidence at the end? Absolutely. But... How do we take it to the next level as a team? We've got to be able to do that. And we've got to be able to put more into it every week in order to get more results on Sunday. So there's a belief I have in my teammates. There's a belief that I have in our ability to make it happen when it matters the most, when you need that clutch performance, all of us to step up. And guys really did. Scotty really came through. Yeah, he dropped an important one, but he came back and made several other important ones. Tom Brady on the Let's Go podcast with Jim Gray on Monday. Now, we just looked it up, or Jay just looked it up. I remembered accurately. Brady is over 1,000 rushing yards in his career. He has exactly 1,019 rushing, 1,119, excuse me, 1,119 rushing yards in his career. Brady is now over 100,000 passing yards in his career. Wow. Wow. That happened in a, a fairly indiscreet moment, not indiscreet, discreet, discreet moment, a fairly passing. No, no, no. Hold on. There's a word I'm thinking of. Are you trying to fill in my, are you trying to supplement my vocabulary right no, now? Never. It's not the word I'm thinking of, but anyway, it, it didn't get a lot of attention. Nondescript. That's the word I'm thinking of a fairly nondescript moment. It was mentioned by Gene Deckerhoff on the Bucks radio network, but he, he was in the middle of doing something else, and, and so they just went on. They were trying to win a football game. But, yes, the only quarterback in NFL history ever to pass for more than 100,000 yards. Never even conceived that and never had it on my radar, uh, you know, as well, why should we? Um, you know, I've considered football a team sport with – team records and I see all of them that way it's always been about winning for me I've always just thought about how can I help the team win and can I put myself and our team in a position to win with my level of play and I always wanted to play at a championship level as a quarterback and I always said when I'm not that's when I'm going to retire and I'll suck you know when I suck I'll retire (laughs) um 
And, you know, it's it's pretty cool to get there and knowing that everyone who's impacted me along the way, including Coach Belichick, including so many amazing coaches and players and guys that I'm playing with now, and, you know, they help me find the joy. That's uh, a tremendous accomplishment by Tom and, you know, a real credit to you know, everything about him, his longevity, his accuracy, consistency, um, you know, just doing so many things right in the passing game for so long. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a phenomenal accomplishment, and uh, I'm really happy for him. Nobody deserves it more than he does. He's he's worked extremely hard and, and uh, just very good at, at what he does. We had 20 years together of elite football experience that I wouldn't have traded for anything in the world. And I know he's a great competitor, what an amazing coach he is and how he prepares the team to win. And he's just done it year in and year out. And the fact that he's 22 wins away from an an amazing milestone, I have no doubt he's going to get it. And I just watch that team every week and impressed by how they prepare and, and the accountability that that organization has had. And uh, it always starts at the top. Both Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, complimentary of the others. So you hear Brady himself talking about reaching 100,000 passing yards. Never thought it was, never even was a thought. Never thought it was conceivable. Didn't spend any time wondering about it. Uh, Belichick compliments him on his weekly Monday appearance on the Greg Hill Show, which follows us here on our Boston affiliate, WEEI, and then Brady reciprocating with the kind words and also remarks about the fact that Belichick is so close. Uh, won't happen this year, of course, but uh, if he continues to coach, he will catch Don Shula for most wins all time in NFL history. I kind of need to hear those two talking about one another on the Monday that week nine becomes a distant memory. Can you believe it? So I've given you a few of my favorite things about the first half of the NFL season. And we're asking you to fill in the blank at the halfway mark. The best part of the NFL season is what on Twitter, a law radio on our Facebook page after hours with Amy Lawrence. We're going to get to some of those answers coming up because you're already blowing up Facebook specifically. And I know we'll get you stragglers on Twitter as well. Thanks for hanging out with us on what is now Tuesday morning election day in the United States. I hope you plan to get out and vote. I definitely will, though it's probably going to have to wait until I wake up. (laughs) It's After Hours CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. It's a touchdown Tuesday on After Hours. Firing for the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Touchdown. Takes it himself to the power. Touchdown. One man to beat 10. He's gone. They throw in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown! Made a guy miss. He's inside the five. He's to the three to one. Tom Stokes feathers helping into the end zone. Touchdown! To cast your vote for the TD of the week, head to at After Hours CBS on Twitter or give us a call at 855 212 4227. The Kansas City Chiefs. Mahomes stepping up. He's going to scramble. 15. He's at the 10. Cuts back inside the five. Mahomes rolls into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. A 14-yard scramble for a touchdown. Mahomes kept this drive alive with a 20-yard scramble. And now he gives the Chiefs a chance to maybe tie it on a two-point conversion. 
the Cincinnati Bengals. Burrow takes the snap, gives to Mixon, bouncing it wide to the left. Penalty flag down, he's at the 10, 5, into the end zone for what could be his fifth touchdown. Let's see if the formation was legal. Did everybody line up on the line of scrimmage well enough? Offside. Ah, defense. Defense Yeah, how about that? How about that? A 15-yard run for Joe Mixon, who has just set the Bengals' single-game record with five touchdowns in a game, and we still have nearly 20 minutes to play. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. First and goal, Brady on the shotgun, Otten Stiff to the right side. Evans wide to the left, here's the snap. In play action, fake pass to the right side, caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay! Buccaneers take the lead with nine seconds, Kate Otten, fire the cannons! Making the run we've seen so many times down here on the goal line to Fournette. He sticks it out there. Brady rolls to his right. Kate Otten blocks down and then comes out flat. Tom Brady gets it to him and he's able to lean up and get in the end zone. The Chicago Bears. Field sends Komet in motion to the right. Pair of receivers top of the field. Now he'll join them. A single receiver on the numbers to the near side. Snap is back, looking to throw. Fields jumps up in the pocket. Now he's going to have to keep it himself. He runs. He gets the first down to midfield. Away at the 40. Fields to the 30, to the 20. Can he beat the angle? He does. He finishes in the end zone. Touchdown. 61 yard. A Sunday stroll for Justin Fields. Woo. I don't know how we're going to pick the TD of the week here on After Hours. But I'm excited to see which way your votes go. On election day, this is so fitting. We're asking you to vote for the After Hours TD of the Week. First, Mitch Holtis on Chiefs Radio. It's Patrick Mahomes with some magic scampering into the end zone when there had been almost no offense for the Chiefs all night long, at least not the kind that puts points on the board. They were racking up plenty of yards. (laughs) That was from Sunday Night Football against the Tennessee Titans. Joe Mixon, a franchise record, five touchdowns in the Bengals' bloodbath against the Panthers. Dan Horton, Dave Lapham on Bengals Radio. Finally, the relief, the joy, the euphoria, the Bengals, uh, Bengals, the Bucks get a win, and they do it against the Rams in the last nine seconds. Cade Otten catching that TD pass from Tom Brady, the 55th game-winning drive of his career. Gene Deckerhoff on Bucks Radio. And finally, there was no way for us to leave this out. Even though it came for a losing team, 61 yards to the house for the Bears. Justin Fields has been set loose. The, the moose is loose. No, he's not a moose, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, He's been allowed to run. They've worked more design run plays in and more options for Justin Fields to run. And the Bears offense has taken off. Though they do lose to the Dolphins in week number nine. Jeff Joniak with the call of that dynamic 61-yard run for Justin Fields on Bears radio. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. If you missed my conversation with longtime MLB infielder and Astros analyst, Jeff Blum. He had a World Series home run. Amazing to hear his thoughts after the parade in Houston on Monday. And he has acknowledged to me multiple times that the 2017 World Series is tainted, that it's not. He won't say that it's illegitimate, but that it's not without its controversy and that it certainly wasn't earned legitimately. And so for them to now have another World Series title, 
the joy for him. He played part of his career in Houston. In fact, he hit his World Series home run there at Minute Maid Park. It's really cool to catch up with Jeff. Part of our podcast, of course, After Hours, amylawrence.com. And I suspect we might replay part of that coming up in our final hour if you missed it. On Twitter, A Law Radio, or our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, not only do we ask you to vote, vote, vote on Election Day, I feel like you should have put a reference to that, Producer Jay. The fact that it's Election Day and we're asking you to vote. That would have been a nice touch. I would have even allowed you to use an American flag because what's more American than voting and football? Not too much. No, there really isn't. Pie? We don't have the corner on the market of pie. The NFL belongs to us. Despite the fact that we're sending games to London and Germany, it belongs to us. It's our game. Nobody else in the world understands why we love our football so much. In fact, they can't understand why we call it football. Yeah, that is true. Literally the entire world does not call it football. No, everywhere I've been and I've traveled to multiple continents... Yep, they want to know what we mean. When we say football, they think we mean soccer. When I go to Mexico their football. and I ask for a, for a football from like the, you know, Cabanistan people just to play on the beach with, they always give me a soccer ball. I'm like, oh, American football. And then they give me the football every time. <laughs> you should say football de Americano, though. I should say that. Okay. Yes. Just, just so that you can be in keeping up with uh, their language there in Mexico. Uh, Okay, so we're asking you to vote. It is election day. Vote for the TD of the week. And we're also asking you to fill in the blank at the halfway mark. What is the best part of the NFL season? And many of you are responding and you're blowing up our Facebook page. I can't even keep up. But Peter on Twitter, the sense of urgency the players are showing. So many players stepping up their game at this point. Some trying to maintain their dominance. Others just trying to keep their hopes for the postseason alive. Well, actually, there are... So many hopes for the postseason. Jay actually said this to me on Monday. With the exception of maybe the Panthers and the Texans, you could see pretty much anybody else making a run to get to the playoffs because of the wild cards and because of the mediocrity, especially in the NFC. Paul says only nine more games left in the Lions season. Oy, that's to him the best part of of the season so far is only nine more games left for the Lions. Reverend Jim Stevenson on our Twitter, the Eagles, the best part of the first half. I like that. Another tweet from Dave, the Packers turning the calendar back to the 1970s and 80s style football. (laughs) I mean, I think they would love to be able to do that effectively for 60 minutes, but so far it's not happening. Do I dare look at our Facebook page? Why don't you tell me, Jay, at the midway point, what's the best part of the NFL season for you? For me, a little selfish, selfishly, I got to say, it's New York football being back in the relevancy. Like, just the fact that it's week 10 is coming up and the Jets, the Giants here in New York, where I'm from, is You just, don't root for the Jets. But it's just the fact that we can still talk about them. Like, it's there's literally the past six, seven, eight years, there's been nothing. Football's been over. In, in the New York City area for, by week five. And now the fact that it's, honestly, I think at most, week five. And then the fact that the, both teams are relevant again, both teams are playing well, it's it's nice. It's refreshing. It's good to have it back. All right. I like it. Jay repping the New York City area since this is where he's from. I'm obviously not from here. I would never be in New York City if not for the work. <laughs> ever. Well, me neither, really. As but. in ever. <laughs> Uh, so that's cool. It is different. I mean, when was the last time all four teams in the NFC East and the AFC East were part of the playoff conversation? 
So we're asking you to go to either Twitter or Facebook and tell us, fill in the blank. At the halfway mark, the best part of the NFL season is what? And then while you're there, vote for the After Hours TD of the week. Uh, we can also take your calls, 855-212-4227. That's 855-212-4CBS. Should we save QB news for next hour? Should we do it this hour? I'm trying to decide how I want to break this up, Jay. Can you make an executive decision? I, let's see. We might have time. We Never probably... mind. Let's do hoops next. <laughs> right. I was leaning Dude, that way. You're but... taking too long. Uh, hoops and I'm doing the clock. I'm thinking about what we got. Uh-huh. Hoops and college football. We'll do a little bit of that next. It's After Hours, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. with 12 to shoot, middle of the floor, comes to the top of the key, to the paint, stops, spins, fires, and got the shooter's roll! 112-109, Warriors calmly, coolly let that go. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. I heard Steph Curry say that he's never been more excited to win game 11 of the regular season in his entire career. (laughs) It's been that bad for the Golden State Warriors, the defending champions. It's been that bad. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You may have heard some of the rumblings from Steve Kerr, some of the others, about how changes are in store. This team, uh, it's the way that it's currently constituted. It's not a winning team. And Kerr has been making a lot of noise to this point uh, as the Warriors have struggled out of the gate. And so for them to get this victory, even though it's just game 11 of the regular season, uh, it seemed like the Buccaneers picking up a win with a touchdown. In the final minute, nine seconds to go, sets off this wild celebration on the sidelines. And Steph Curry was right in the middle of it all. 47 points he delivers when the Warriors desperately needed him. And he knows this is a team that's very much a work in progress. And they can't continue the way that they've been. There's no secret about just how, you know... We have some roller coaster rides in the middle of games, and you have, <clears throat> like I said, you come out in the, in the first quarter and you have a pretty good lead. You have not just a score, but we have control of the game. And then guys get going. I mean, Malik Monk hits three threes. D Fox gets gets going. And you look up and you're you're down, and um, it, it's. It's part of our story right now, but it's you know something that we need to to correct if we really want to be a serious team that's going to try to be who we say we are. So um, whatever it takes to make those changes as a as a group, we got to do that. Forty-seven for Steph, seven of twelve from beyond the arc, and really it was the fourth quarter once again. Uh, where the Warriors were able to pull away and end their five-game losing skid. Season high for him. Steve Kerr called it a breathtaking performance. He's one of the greatest players of all time. But it wasn't just Steph. Andrew Wiggins pours in 25. Klay Thompson has 16. It was Steph Curry's two free throws, 
with 1.3 seconds to go, though, that secured the win. None of these guys played against New Orleans on Friday. Uh, Clay's not playing back-to-back nights because they're worried about wear and tear on his ACL and that repaired Achilles tendon going back to the two years that he missed. Draymond's under similar limitations right now because he suffered a back injury last year. And think about the amount of basketball these guys have played. Yes, taking 2020 out of the equation and certainly 2021 where they fell short in the, what's that, play-in tournament thing? That contrived playoff bracket that the NBA has come up with. So they did have a couple of years off. But the number of games that they've played over the past six years far outweighs pretty much anybody except for the Cavaliers might come close, but that that team is split up and LeBron is now somewhere else. Curry was being rested because he had elbow soreness. Andrew Wiggins is dealing with a sore left foot. Sometimes it has to do with not having the amount of time off in between seasons if you play deep, and certainly they did all the way through the NBA Finals in the summertime. And last year, they were delayed. The NBA Finals didn't end until July. So it's just a a long haul for them. No doubt they believe it's worth every penny, (laughs) worth every minute and every sacrifice to get that title. But it does come with a cost. I think that Golden State is really good for basketball, but I also don't think it's terrible for fans to see them figure it out to see superstars like Steph Curry work through a frustrating stretch. Isn't that exactly what we're seeing with Tom Brady? It brings out a different element. He even said on his podcast on Monday night, he's not used to being in the situations. He's never really been in a situation where it's been this bad before. So doubt does creep in. You work so hard, the results aren't there. But you got to figure it out. That's adversity. That's the kind of fire that shapes a team. No team starts out the year ready to win a title. I don't care if you are the defending champions. Every team is different. Every team has different people. Every team has different voices. Every team has has a different personality. And those wins don't carry over. You may have championship swag, but it means a whole lot of nothing except that you have a larger bullseye on your back when you get on the field, the court, the ice. Everybody is taking aim at the Warriors. The Warriors get every other team's best shot. Same thing with any team that Tom Brady plays on. Same thing with any team that Aaron Rodgers plays on, though currently it's been the Packers. Everybody wants to topple the Packers. It's the same with the Dallas Cowboys. Especially when they're playing well. The New York Yankees. For these Golden State Warriors... While they're trying to manage various nagging injuries, even early on, they've got to be able to generate the energy. Not the energy that says, oh, this is such a long way to go. Oh, it's only game 11. Oh, we'll pick it up when we have to. No, the kind of energy that sets the tone for all of their new players. They've got to get deeper. And the only way for them to get deeper is for these other guys to get reps But you don't want them to be garbage time reps. They need to be reps in games that matter and reps when there are games on the line. That's the only way that you increase your depth. 
It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. For now, Steve Kerr knows that as long as Steph's on the court, the ball, the game has to go through his star. I would just say that Steph was um, just breathtaking. Um, <laughs> you know, he's uh, he's obviously one of the greatest players of all time. Um, and he plays so well on so many nights. Um, but this this even seemed like something special for him. Breathtaking. I like that. Steve Kerr uses words that I never would use to describe about an athlete. Just breathtaking. Steph was breathtaking. <laughs> I mean, his play is breathtaking sometimes. I don't know if I'd call Steph breathtaking. Really, that sounds just awkward anyway, but I love that Steve Kerr can pull it off. <laughs> you want to know what else is breathtaking? Brian Kelly, LSU head football coach, going for two in overtime against Alabama. Saturday night, Death Valley, two rivals, Nick Saban on the other sidelines. You need one to tie and force the second overtime. You need two to win. Brian Kelly said... We're putting everything on the line. You know, it was a decision at that moment. Um, I I just felt as I thought about it, um, you know, if we could boil this game down to one play and and win this game um, before the game started, if you asked me, hey, I'm going to give you one play, and if you're successful on that one play, you beat Alabama, I would have taken that 100 times out of 100. Sometimes we beat ourselves too much, and it's kind of hard to overcome. So, um, tough loss, but there's nobody that feels worse about it than the players. So, um, they work their tail off, they compete their tail off, and uh, they just came up a little bit short. With my apologies to Nick Saban, the best part of Nick's press conference is hearing the fans who have stormed the field, thousands of them, behind him in Baton Rouge, and their LSU chance bleeding through Nick Saban's but comments. There's nobody that feels worse about it than the players. So, um... Oh, that's breathtaking, all right. Oh, my gosh. Did you guys watch this game? Phenomenal. I was going back and forth, thank goodness for DVR. Uh, on Saturday nights or nights like this past Saturday, when there's college football and there's game six of the World Series, I am eternally grateful to whoever invented the DVR because that's the only way to follow every moment. But that drama unfolding in Baton Rouge was amazing. Wait, we have to hear it one more time just behind Nick Saban with the LSU chance. That gives me chills. But there's nobody that feels worse about it than the players. So um, they work their tail off. They Oh, that's awesome. So Alabama's playoff hopes are on life support. Meanwhile, LSU now has a very real chance of reaching the SEC championship. And this is a win that caused Brian Kelly to tear up when he was doing his on-field interview. He was actually teary and very emotional because it was such a great game and because he'd never beaten Alabama his first year in Baton Rouge, and he's already got a signature win. And then, of course, Georgia, Kirby Smart. They're defending national champs, but how about taking out Tennessee on Saturday afternoon? I just got a text from my wife. I've never seen our fans not leave the stadium like that. Even when it rained, you know, Claude may have mentioned that starting the second half, there wasn't an empty seat in the house other than the ones they purchased. And uh, our fans were elite today. We asked them to be. They responded. 
and uh, they get the second place vote because the players on this team bought in and they understood the plan, they executed the plan, they played extremely physical, they played without ego, and they played complimentary football, which is always important. Really proud of the way our guys uh, played. So that's the voice of Kirby Smart, who, of course, is defending national champs with his dogs, has a very real opportunity to defend that title in the college football playoff, and this legitimized that and gave them great confidence, and Georgia leapfrogged back into the number one spot in the AP poll as well as the coaches poll. So it's Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, undefeated TCU. Those top four are all 9-0. and Tennessee falls to number five. Oregon is number six. Then you've got LSU right outside the top six. Alabama is number 10 in one poll, is number 11 in the coaches poll. And what we get on Tuesday is the next round of the college football playoff rankings. So these are just the rankings according to the voters for the AP and the coaches. The college football playoff rankings determine who makes that final four. That next set comes out Tuesday afternoon. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio.